Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I'm just going to go ahead and save everybody in the comments section some time. This is probably going to be the most negative wrestling review you ever see me do. Is this it, Sean? This You're prob- finally going to snap? I don't know if I'll snap. Uh, what's up, you guys? Sean Ross app, Fightful Wrestling Podcast. September 24th. I'm here with the wonderful Denise Salcedo. What's up? Oh, boy. Okay, so so a few things. Before everybody, before the comment section lights up on YouTube, there are going to be things on this show I like. It's a three-hour show. Broken clock is right twice a day. Uh, <laughs> I'm I've not... never heard that saying. What? You've never no, heard that saying? I've never heard that saying. Uh, to- now, now, that is not like the rather be toed than fingered line that I pulled out Friday. Hey, there you go. I don't expect you to know that one. But a broken clock is right twice a day. You've never heard that? No. Gosh. Are these like some old school sayings? Because I've well, never heard of those. Well, that one is. But let's let's go ahead and get into this. I, I just want to say, before this is clipped and put on like Reddit or Twitter or whatever, I ain't mad about this Raw, but it was the dumbest episode of Monday Night Raw that I have ever seen in my entire life. It oh, might, Sean. Might be, I don't agree with you. Oh, I do. I do. Um, and this, uh, I'm not going to say it's the worst because there have been some episodes of Raw that didn't have anything good on them, but this was the dumbest by far. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm I'm just like, oh God, cause they got to follow up on this. Leave a I thumbs up. I feel like up. you've seen a lot worse, though, honestly. Oh, I really, the, truly feel. Worse shows? Like, For sure I've seen worse shows. For sure I've seen worse shows. Um, many of them. Many, many, many of them I've seen worse shows. There, there were periods just where nothing was good at all. But let, let's just go ahead and get into this episode of Raw. Uh, let me get the plugs out of the way, guys. By the time a lot of you are listening to this, 
Uh, I've got an interview with Aiden English up. I actually did it a while back, wanted to wait until he returned to the ring to publish it. I did an interview with the former Darren Young. That is up. I did an interview with Trent's mom, Sue, from AEW. Denise, that has already cracked our top 10 most downloaded interviews of all time. She passed MJF's numbers. Stop it. It's amazing. That's awesome. (laughs) It's amazing. I am so happy. And this Wednesday, I've got an interview with Tennille Dashwood. Uh, Sometimes Denise and I share some of our our bucket list interviews. I know a lot of people might be like, really, that one? I've been trying to get that interview for for like three years since she left WWE. Look around online. She doesn't do a whole lot of interviews. I had to, to put in a special request for that. And uh, I'm very excited to make it happen. And I think she was in Jamaica when she did the interview. So a beautiful setting as well. Check that out. Uh, Just before, or just as this episode of Raw started, FightfulSelect.com broke the news of another COVID outbreak in WWE. That's rough. If If you know anybody that wrestles there, if you are a wrestler there, please stay safe. We want you guys to be healthy. Uh, That way Vince McMahon can then book you into terrible segments in which we can rip to shreds. But seriously, please stay safe, Uh, wrestlers, uh, coaches, all that good stuff. You can subscribe to FightfulSelect.com and hear more. (sighs) Please leave a thumbs up. Please subscribe. Donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. Jeremy Lambert streamed WWE Battlegrounds this weekend. That's it for the plugs. Let's get into some super chats, Denise. Let's, my hands are sweating. I don't know why. I think it's all the anticipation of what people are going to say about this episode of Raw. Chris says, whole thing sucked, which was probably Bob Holly's review of Raw. Yeah. Um, Denise, tell me something you liked about tonight's Raw. Oh, man, you're just throwing me on the spot. All right, you know what? Because there was I nothing. Liked- No, I was about to give you something. That's not fair. There was no time clock on my answer. You know what? I liked Drew McIntyre, Keith Lee, up until the end. All right? There you go. I found something on the show I liked. There you go. I mean, I I liked Randy Orton's promo. Uh, I I liked Peyton Royce. I I actually didn't like either of those that you just said. But we'll get into that. Wow. Evan Wright says, hated Raw tonight, so I'm going to ask a Sue question. I need your thoughts on the Sue segments on BTE. I cackled at the papers being thrown. That woman is so universally liked backstage. Like, after I interviewed her, I had, gosh, probably four or five AEW wrestlers that were so happy because they like her so much. And that, if you all haven't seen BTE, go check her out. She goes to throw papers at uh, John Silver, and they slip out of her hand, and she busts up laughing, and Brody Lee has her do it again. It was amazing. Rafael Garcia said, Sean said, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I haven't heard that since my dad used to catch me sneaking in my house at 19. That's how I feel about this, Denise. Are you the fightful Danny Tanner now? Oh, yeah. And I've got a filthy mouth like like legit Bob Saget. Like he's, have you ever heard him do stand up? Um, No, actually. Oh, he's, he's got a filthy mouth. And it is hashtag NPS, which is no profanity September. And the sponsor of No Profanity September is Ron Patel. And he says, congratulations, Fightful Faithful. I've allowed a cheat day for SRS. He's going all in with profanities on this stream. I might. I might. I told Denise off the air that I think you're trying to teach me a bit of a lesson. And it's worked. 
because I found my, find myself not wanting to curse as much. No. You know but, what? I want to see you go to your breaking point. I'm, I'm there. This – you know what? This weekend I was like, I can get through this. It's second nature to not curse now. Then this show happened. Then this show happened. In Sawgrace said, Twisted Swifty needs a pip, needs a push. What's that mean? I, I, well, he, it was, uh, you know, Alexa Bliss's Twisted Bliss, but he changed it to twi- mm, Twisted Swifty. Okay. It's a play on words, Sean. A play on words. Okay. <sighs> Ron Patel also says, apparently it takes 21 days to develop a habit. It seems that way because I don't want to curse. No, I think it's like 27 or 24 because I've heard that statistic and I've been going by like 27 or 24. So now I'm curious as to what the answer really is. Gorilla Press says Raw 3.2. I I don't know what that means at all. Uh, Anakin JMT says, will this top that awful SmackDown that you labeled worst SmackDown ever? Probably because I can't remember it and it was only two hours. (laughs) This is three hours on a Monday when football was up against it, when the Reds are in the playoff hunt, like, come on. Come on, man. Uh, Colt Badeau says, is Fox just really bad at trades? They give USA Network everyone for free. Yeah, last year, they let Brock Lesnar just go. And this year, Mandy Rose just gets sent over. What gives, Denise? I don't feel like there's a really a big emphasis put on oh I gotta have this person like it's just a one night thing whenever they do the draft and then after that it's like everybody forgot that hey it was important to get this person or important to get that person so I almost feel like it's not really seen as a big deal I got so angry I just spilled my water everywhere Sean you're angry. all over the place today. I am. you gotta get it together I am oh man <laughs> it's just unreal Unreal. Uh, Angel Perez says, watching Raw and Catch-Up, I wanted to stop by and say hi, Denise. Hey. And I will warn you, stop watching Raw on Catch-Up. Don't do it. Don't do it. Tim Traver sends a monster super chat to say, I made meatloaf and mashed potatoes and gravy for dinner last night. My pop's birthday is two months, so I gave him that dinner as a birthday gift. I enjoyed Raw tonight. Uh, Good night, my Fightful family. Well... That must have been an amazing meal for it to to uh, make you enjoy Raw is all I have to say. But we appreciate you, Tim. You're, you're always awesome to us. Evan Wright says, Last time I was this down on the WWE show was when the stream started with you half asleep and Warren full face palming. <laughs> Raw stinking up the place, man. Yeah, yeah. But it's but okay. I'm not gonna say it's better, but it's in terrible. terms of for us, it gives us something to like really talk about. I sure. prefer having like a show that's just been a complete disaster, and we have so much like things to say than a show where we're like, well, we have 15 minutes to talk about Raw. Now what? Oh yeah, don't get don't get it mixed up. I I'm happy to be here right now. I'm ecstatic to be here. I'd rather do nothing else in this world than than watch wrestling and talk about wrestling. And one, talk about it with Denise, talk about it with all of you guys. I love that. I am very excited to be here uh, because I would much rather be talking about this than covering, like, middle school boys golf or something for a local paper. Like, <laughs> Why is that so specific? If I, if I wasn't covering wrestling, then I'd be covering sports. I'd be working for a local newspaper or something, covering, like, volleyball or something. I like volleyball. 
I don't want to cover it. Uh, Anakin says, with any luck, luck, your cookies will beat you by Wednesday, Sean. Hoping for Denise to give us another hammer-worthy clip. Well, we'll see. Kevin Steet says, loving the work Fightful does. Haven't been watching Raw, but after seeing Fightful's Twitter feed tonight, I figured this post show would be great. It's gonna be great. (sighs) And as we wrap up our Super Chats, before we get into the review... Eloquent says, off topic, but who are your picks to win the New Japan G1 A and B blocks? Raw sucked, by the way. Have you have you been watching the New Japan G1? I have, actually. And Ooh. my pick to win is definitely uh, Coda, for sure. Yeah, like, the the two that stood out to me, I was like, okay, Kota Ibushi, maybe, maybe Shingo as, as, like, a big push. Or maybe they go right back to Evil because... He's in people's minds. No, not evil. Uh, no, I know, no. I know. No. I honestly think that it should be Coda because I think that having him chase after the bout, I still think keep yeah. it on Naito, but have him chase the bout because he's the kind of guy that not only can you have like incredible matches with, but you can get him hot. He can get hot and just like in the chase is all there oh. with him. So definitely I would say my pick is Coda. Uh, but I, but honestly, like block A, I've been like so excited about it because all of my favorite guys are on block A. Yeah, I want Coda to win. It's just I think that they might might do evil. No, don't <sighs> even put it out there, Sean. Take it back. <laughs> don't manifest it. Reminder, guys, donate a super chat. Get your question or statement read on the air. Retribution. They say that they signed contracts so they can do whatever they want. Denise, they were throwing... Molotov cocktails without contracts. It makes no sense. It I'm makes very confused. None. None. I mean, sense. Sean, if I came in here and I just went in and like threw your water, threw all your set designs, threw your chair, would you be like, you know what, Denise? Let me give you a contract. I want yeah. to have you on the Fightful show. Yeah. It makes no sense. It, like the only way it could make any sense is if they they were in, like I've said, weeks and weeks and weeks, if they were in cahoots with somebody at the top of WWE. That's the only way. Like, who's doing this? Who's causing this? Well, I don't know. I don't know. But this is stupid, and the terminology that they give them is stupid. Oh, you're so greedy. You're a money whore. You collect your paychecks. <laughs> Dijak looks like Dollar Store Bane, and they don't have, like, they have masks, but it's like half masks. Very clearly, Mia Yim, Mercedes Martinez, Dio Madden, Dijak, and Shane Thorne. Very clearly. We know them. We've seen many of them for years, Denise. But they don't get referred to by their names. Oh, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. When when you see them all out there, but commentary, they don't pretend like they don't know them. They just don't mention them whatsoever. We know their performance center veterans, Denise. Yeah. I think they could have actually done a different take. They could have been like, you know, Mia Yim, this is an, uh, they could have been like just an example, like this is so unlike her to just come in and do this or do that, or be like, this is so like her to do this. You know, what happened there? Like what might've caused this shift for them to go in this dark new, you know, rebellious self. I mean, I just feel like story-wise, like you don't have to like act 
dumb and act like you don't know who these people are. If anything, hey, add to their story. What happened to Mia Yim that made her go down this road? Why did she do it? So if anything, they could have taken a different perspective to this. I mean, if you're going to go for it, might as well add some story to it. And in terms of the mask, like, it's a hit or miss. Like, sometimes I look at it and I think, okay, you know what? It kind of looks cool. But I think given that we've seen what WWE can do with costumes, with costume designs, I feel like they could have come up with something maybe a little bit more unique or maybe a little bit more fun where you're like, oh, that's a pretty badass look for Retribution. Like, forget everything I said. These looks look great. So I do think that we could have, I don't hate the, the mask or anything like that, but it could have looked a little bit more unique. I think Dio Madden looks pretty cool, but I mean, I think the guy would look cool in pretty much anything. He's a big giant dude with dreadlocks. Like he looks like, like a comic book hero or villain come to life and the mask does him well, but oh my God. Uh, So the Hurt Business is here. We get a super chat from Brady Thompson saying that they're the only reason that he watches Raw at the moment. Well, you got to sit through the whole thing because they're all over this show. And apparently since WWE has given retribution contracts, they are obligated to act like every other heel on the show. And after weeks of tearing up stuff and, and destroying boxes and throwing Molotov cocktails, now they beg off. Now they're like, oh, no, no. Jesus, man. Jesus. I think if, if anything, it would have been more cool for them to be like threatening someone like like Adam Pierce and been like, like, we wrote this thing up, like you sign it, you give us a contract, like even like a forceful thing if they're going to go the contract yeah. direction, they could have forced it upon them and been like, oh my God, he had, it was an ultimatum, he had to do it, but just kind of like out of the blue, it's where it's like a little iffy and then also you're not like saying like who these people are. It's it, it, there's a it's very weird and even how commentary pushed it they were like oh you know they signed contracts this just means that they can go and do whatever they want so it's it's pretty interesting how they sort of told this story tonight. Yeah, and the thing is like it's just we knew this was going to be bad from the jump. This was a reactionary move from WWE after somebody after a bunch of people got on the quarterly calls and said what are you going to do about the ratings when is new talent coming there are so many holes and inconsistencies here the promos are terrible there's an even worse one backstage apparently retribution does not like money that's their whole gimmick there's terrible camera work of them uh, of them just Attacking people, baby faces, and then later the hurt business are beating up the retribution goons. It's bad. Carlos says those retribution masks are not up to CDC code. Yep. Oh, because uh, they have the holes. <laughs> and then we get some, uh, yeah, Throwback 27 said they tried to be like Mad Max movies. Uh, D'Lo Diggs says if you want her to slap your jack, get some blue chew. Stop that a good it. One. That's a good that, one. Yeah. That was a good one. We haven't gotten to the names yet, though. We're saving that for the main event. So get in your super chats, guys. Gustavo Guerrero says, Viewer for a year, but this is the first live show. Fightful Rocks. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. We have grown exponentially of late. So a big thank you for that. Uh, I can't tell you how much that means. Evan Wright says, Joey Janela versus Ricky Morton just got booked for spring break. I'm hoping to be there that weekend to get some interviews. We'll see how it goes, but Indianapolis isn't that far from me. And Evan Wright says, Tanahashi looked like his 2014 self the other night. Yes, he did. 
top contender match, Andrade and Angel Garza, who broke up last week, defeated Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins, who broke up last week, and Dominic Mysterio and Humberto Carrillo, who did not exist as a team last week, to become top contenders. Denise, what did you think? Well... Honestly, my first thing was, what did I miss here? Because like you just said, I was like, wait a minute, Andrade and Angel Garza, they weren't even a fate. They were upset last week. I finally thought it was the big blow up, the big blow over where he even like left him. And so it's kind of confusing that now all of a sudden they're working together to get a title shot. And it just didn't make any sense at all. I mean, I did like seeing, uh, I did like seeing the match. The match was fine. I did like it. But in terms of the, it was just confusing. I didn't understand like why all of a sudden they were friends again. Sorry, I had myself muted. Uh, yeah, it didn't make any sense. Like what? Because Zelina left. All of a sudden, they're buddies again, and they can wrestle together. Dominic and and uh, Humberto do dives in stereo. That's cool. And I'm all for Seth Rollins and Murphy feuding. I'm all for it. And I get that this was to advance that. But Rollins walking out on a potential tag title shot undermines the value of the titles. It makes you look and say, Rollins doesn't care about those titles. To me, it would have been better if Buddy Murphy lost their match Sunday and then Rollins did whatever he needed to do. Instead, we're getting Andrade and Garza against Street Profits again. Fifth time. Yeah, that's, I was not, I was actually kind of hoping to see Dom Umberto take that one because it was just not, I was just not feeling it. I was like, okay, let's at least get something a little bit different here, maybe. And we're not. And in addition to those five matches by this Sunday, uh, they've had like five singles matches as well. So we're talking like 10 times. I'm all for the idea of Humberto and Dominic teaming. I think oh, that's... Yeah, they- actually work out really well together yeah and i know that means they'll just split up in six weeks but i'm okay with that because humberto can go heel dominic is a really good baby face and humberto is also a guy who i think is good enough in the ring that he can kind of lead dominic and and do some really good stuff with him but as far as short term i think that that would be a really good use i know i harp on on humberto an awful lot but there's a lot he can teach dominic mysterio and I think one of the things that we were talking about or that I, I think I've mentioned in the past was like, yeah, working, having Dom work with Seth, you know, we've been, he's been protected and he's been protected in the ring. You know, he has Rey Mysterio on his corner. He's used to working with, with Seth Rollins. So he kind of already has that like, you know, comfort in the ring, but, you know, sort of branching him out and doing different stuff like working with Umberto, I think would definitely complement both of them. Like you just said, because both guys are, you know, yeah, uh, uh, you know, Umberto has a little bit more experience, but I do think that they can both sort of, you know, hide some of the things that maybe one of them isn't stronger at and, you know, emphasize something that the other that the other guy has. So they can definitely work with hiding each other's flaws and emphasizing whatever the other person is good at. So they would make a good team. I think if they actually, you know, did it properly, I would be pretty interested in seeing that. And given that we do need more tag teams on Raw, I'm going to say it's definitely needed. And it would also give us the finally the break from the the whole Seth Rollins thing. Yeah, I completely agree. I need something different. I am I'm so over Andrade and Garza against Street Profits for sure. We need some more tag teams as well. Kevin Owens brings out Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon brings out Daba Kato. 
Then Kevin Owens just brings out Braun Strowman. Shane was still exhausted from jogging to the ring. Well, <laughs> Shane that doesn't... pretty much it. That was pretty much it. Braun <laughs> wanted to fight Dabakato. Shane didn't want it to happen. He's like, later, pals. And then Braun, or actually, Aleister Black shows up and just attacks Kevin Owens' ball sack. Poor Kevin Owens. I don't know who he upset, but this this is a bummer. This is a bummer. A, a real ball buster was this segment. Yeah, and I don't hate Alistair, Kevin Owens. Like Neither. I actually like them working together, but it's just like everything that's been going on, it hasn't it hasn't made either guy look good to where I can get behind one of them. I mean, like, yeah, Kevin Owens just has this natural great charisma that you're just like, Oh my god, I want to be best friends with him. But that's kind of about the extent of where that goes. But I mean, I wasn't I said this last week, I wasn't into, you know, the whole Daba Braun Strowman thing. I wasn't really feeling that and I was feeling it even less after tonight. Well, if you're looking to get behind somebody, but you've been watching a ball buster of a Raw, and quite frankly, I don't know that there's anything that will make your penis soft quicker than this episode of Monday Night Raw, but our friends at Blue Chew can help you out. That's right. If this episode of Raw has you so flaccid, so just opposed to the idea of being turned on whatsoever. Our friends at Blue Chew can help. That's because they've got the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. There's a track record. But it's a lot cheaper than those other guys. It's prescribed online by affiliated physicians, and it ships straight to your door in a discreet package. I mean, they're going to be calling your your penis the T-bar by the end of... But why it's an upside down T though? I mean, I guess ball, ball, wiener. So it's like a T bar, I guess. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm talking about penis pills here. They're really good. They're really good. I'm not going to sit here and and, and pretend like they're not. I'm not going to tell you guys that something is good and it's not. We built up a trust with you guys. We bring you honest news. We bring you honest sponsors. We don't accept sponsors we don't believe in. And in fact, I've outright rejected like two or three different sponsors because I thought their products were trash. Blue Chew isn't trash. And if you've got that trash wiener, eh, eh, give Blue Chew a try. Even if you don't, maybe you just want the confidence. Maybe you just want that extra performance. That's what Blue Chew does. It's a chewable, so it gets into your system. You're good to go. And if you're not good to go, it'll get you there. You know the drill. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping when you use that code FIGHTFUL. You get your first shipment free. It's amazing. First shipment free. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Just hit them up at Blue Chew. Let them know you heard about them from us. (sighs) Yeah, Denise? I was not going to add to your blue chew read. You weren't going to add to my blue chew read. Why not? No, because I completely ruined it last week. Really? So I'm definitely like, unless I have like a real amazing solid line to give you, it's not happening. You know what? You can give people a solid line if you use bluechew.com code Fightful. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. And you'll you'll know when it's coming when you use bluechew.com code Fightful. Bust a nut on your own schedule, guys. It's where we are these days. Joseph Farley says, pretty sure I knew a guy named T-Bar who now lives down in Perry County. 
Yeah, come on, Joseph. That is definitely a Newport, Kentucky or a Portsmouth, Ohio name for sure. T-Bar? Drew Nicholas says, T-Bar? More like Wee-Bar. Gorilla Press says, what a segue. Watch Raw, get Blue Chew. Get your hashtag FTF shirt at WrestleTalk merch. Yeah, please do. I I am starting to believe, Denise, and and you do a show with Luke or or Mr. WrestleTalk, everybody every Friday. Luke revealed himself as Mr. WrestleTalk this week. I'm starting to believe there was a little bit of collusion on the part of Mr. Davis, Mr. WrestleTalk, and Luke in order to kind of distract people from the FTF movement. And get me off a of wrestle talk. Wow. Do you think this is? Do you think I'm this hurt. is a? Is this a conspiracy I theory? It, is this SRS's conspiracy theory? I think. So, I think so. I think so. I'm hurt. You. You might be on to something there. I know. Will Ware says, "Darn you, Sean, and your segways." There you go. Anakin JMT says, "Denise, you ruined it one week, and another week you gave us the hammer." I have faith in you. No, lose the faith, okay? Lose the faith. I have no faith in my penis jokes, unfortunately. <laughs> I have no faith in WWE. Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre. Now, Denise, the funny thing about this podcast description, I didn't have to edit the first three lines of it because it was all stuff that just happened again. Are you serious? That's, that's kind of, like, not good. Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre, Rollins and Dominic, Braun in the underground. Well, here we go. The rematch, and it was good. I liked Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre. They did like a sing bomb and a spine buster, but Randy Orton interfered. Here we are again. Keith Lee has had six Raw matches. Four have ended in DQ or non-finish. Why? I feel like the Keith Lee hype is slowly going down, and that's very unfortunate because I don't want it to. But when you don't give me or give other people, like, I like Keith Lee. All right, that's good. You already have me there. But what is going to keep me there? Why should I keep rooting for Keith Lee if nothing has necessarily made me want to root for Keith Lee, aside from the fact that I already like him as a performer? But there's got to be something more. And definitely with all of these non-finishes for him, I mean, it's just, it's, you got to come out here and make the guy a big deal. And I, for a second, was fooled because I really did think that they were going that that direction. And it kind of just seems like they're like teeter-tottering with him right now. They are. And it's very frustrating. And and you mentioned that you feel like the buzz is going down for, for Keith Lee. It is. And it's not his fault. It's WWE Booking's fault. They have, at this point, conditioned everybody to believe that they don't need to tune in for a Keith Lee match because you're not going to get a finish. You're not going to see any real resolution. You're not going to see any real result. You're not going to see anything worthwhile happen. Um, You'll see him wrestle for a few minutes, and the match will get thrown out. Well, he keeps falling, like, in the shadows of this whole Drew McIntyre, you know, Randy Orton situation. And so it's kind of like, all right, if he was just going to be really, you know, kind of like the, he's kind of like the, he's being put like right now in that like Charlotte Flair spot when it was like Rhonda and Becky. Okay, but then Charlotte's there. That's kind of how it feels right now with this situation. It's probably not the best example, but it's the one I can think of right now. And so like if anything, that he could have probably gone off and done something else, but it just doesn't really feel like it's anything to sort of give him, keep that momentum rising for him, especially that momentum that he had going into, you know, the main roster. Patel Run 6 says, has Denise seen Groundhog Day with Bill Murray? I have a, a while back, though. I don't remember all the details, though. Well, you also see it every time you watch Monday Night Raw. Aaron Entertainment <laughs> says, Keith Lee in this feud hurts him, not helps him. 
I thought that initially it helped him. And now that all of his matches don't matter, it doesn't help him. It doesn't. He got punted by uh, Randy Orton. And this match probably shouldn't have been done on Raw at all. Much less twice and then with no finishes. Because now if they ever do it in the future, I'm like, alright, I've seen them. Even when they do it and there's not a real full-on match or a resolution, it's just that aura of, okay, they've wrestled each other, they've done it twice. Eh. It, it takes make, the hype away, and it, the hype is a lot of what goes into people getting excited for a match, people wanting to watch the pay-per-view, because, you know, Clash of Champions is a pay-per-view that you can easily be like, ah, you know what, I'm going to skip it this month. You know what, on to the next one. Yeah, and, and to me, there is something special about the first time people face off with each other. Uh, Orton is upset that people would even doubt that he would show up at Clash of Champions, and I thought he cut a great promo, but it seems like you didn't agree, Denise. No, I feel bad, but I completely, like, I started listening, and I think I even zoned out, and then I came back in, I was like, man, Randy is still talking about that (laughs) ambulance, and I kind of felt like it was there, I felt like the purpose of this was to make the ambulance match, you know, that much more significant, that much more grander, and it just wasn't landing for me, I was like, okay, we're getting the match, that's about it, and I'm telling you, like, I was paying attention, and then before I knew it, I was thinking about something else, and then I came back and it was still happening he mentions that he now knows what edge felt like and all that i thought it was really good but apparently it wasn't for everybody uh the nerd guru says so like in the history of keith lee he feuded with slapjack in nxt and is dating what i am guessing will be scar or slash or something mia (laughs) yeah uh there are some major plot holes here considering that retribution has outright announced that they they worked at the performance center mia yim was on survivor series was she not right with the blue hair come on yeah i there's a lot of definitely inconsistencies i'm telling you they have to explain the why as to why these people joined up with retribution there's a big why missing there Drew Nicholas says, I feel like they'll add Keith Lee to the pay-per-view match now. I hope they do. I mean, it can't be worse than a regular ambulance match, but he got punted, so I think that they might not. Uh, Throwback27 says, Orton is killing it with the promos. Him saying he now knows what it felt like to be taken out as a legend and that he'll flatline McIntyre's reign. I did rather enjoy that line. I thought that was really good. Um, Randy Orton, I had tweeted, he's been in WWE for 18 years, Denise. He's been at the top for 17 because he joined Evolution in 03. He's doing some of his best work this year, and I didn't see that coming. Like, last year I was saying, oh, maybe they can team him with, like, an old OVW guy like Shelton and do something completely different that he's never done before. I like what they're doing now. How how do you feel about how Orton has kind of transformed himself? Okay, so here's the thing. So, you know, there's certain guys, certain talent where everybody's like, oh, I'm such a big fan of this person. I'm such a big fan of this person. But then you're like, I don't see it. So for the longest time, Randy Orton was like a hit miss with me. I didn't always really see it with Randy Orton. I know people would be like, Randy Orton this, Randy Orton that. And I'm just like, man, I don't get like, I don't get it. You know, like, yeah, I like Randy, but I've never been like crazy about him or anything like that. But I with what he's been doing as of late, especially this year, like I have been seeing him in a different light where I'm like, you know what? I'm really liking what Randy Orton's doing. And it's one of my favorite things that he's, he's one of my favorite people every week to watch consist consistently. But 
it is interesting that I have seen the change in how I felt about him before and how I feel about him now. And I think that's obviously because of what you just said. He's doing some of his best work right now. J.K. Schwal says, do you ever amaze yourself with your Blue Chew ads? Not anymore. So, I mean, I've done so many ad reads, it's hard to think of good segues. And sometimes I'll just incredulously be like, I can't believe I'm doing this in the middle of it. So are you asking Sean if he toots his own horn? Well, you won't have to toot your own horn when you use BlueChew.com. Your performance will be so excellent that everybody will just want to honk, honk, you know. <laughs> I tried. Evan Wright Wright says, The singlet on Lee sucks. Don't fix what's not broken. From what I I had heard, don't quote me on this, but I had heard that maybe he wanted new gear uh, as like a new presentation, but I could be wrong. That might have been somebody just kind of uh, saving face for his debut for all I know. George Yamin says, How is SmackDown better than Raw? Well, I mean, it's two hours. That's that's easy. And also, you've got three things anchoring SmackDown right now. You've got Roman Reigns at maybe his best ever, and Paul Heyman with him. You've got a fresh challenger in Jey Uso, for better or for worse. You've got Bailey and Sasha, which is one of the best things WWE's done recently. And you've got Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, where you know where it's going, but you know it's going to be good. When you got that, we've on, had those on and off periods though, where SmackDown yeah, yeah. has been better than Raw for you know throughout the years. It just comes and goes. Yeah, I thought SmackDown a couple weeks ago was one of the best of the brand split era. I really did. Um, B Ninja Two Ten says Mia wasn't in Survivor Series. It was Rhea, Candice, Bianca, Io, and Tony Storm. She's been on some main roster thing. I can't remember if it was Royal Rumble or what it was, but she's been on something. Planet Dan says they need to stop Keith Lee DQs. They truly be- believe that's protecting him, but it's not. If you do snap, I wouldn't blame you. I'm snapping with you. Yeah, I don't... These DQs don't protect a lot of people. You know what? It protected Peyton Royce a little bit later in the night. But when it happens four of six times, Denise, it's not protecting anybody. It just makes them look like they can't get the job done. It's very frustrating. But when, And also, if you're going to go the route of protecting someone, at least do it in a clever way where you're like, you know what? That's good. I get it. You're protecting this person. That was a bomb finish. But when it's like this and it's all the time, it really does take away from the uniqueness of Keefley and other people who this happens to. Zelina defeated Mickey James. This was not good. Um, she had no wins going into this match and has a title match on Sunday now. She applied an octopus hold. Mickey powered out. There was a slow Hurricane Rana. They really should have got Zelina some reps on main event. You know what? I like seeing Zelina wrestle mainly because, you know, we don't get to see it very often. So when we do, it kind of feels, you know, it feels a little special, right? But And mainly because of her character work and that's sort of like the driving force of who she is in the company. And that really gets her really far with what she does, you know, even when she isn't, even when she, when she isn't on the mic, even when she's in the ring, she has that very strong persona and it really does, it really does carry her through it. But I was completely shocked that she won tonight. I went in this thinking, okay, Mickey James and Zelina are going to have a fine little dandy match. Mickey James is going to win. And there. So I was surprised when Zelina won. I figured she was going to win because she challenged last week. Uh, she did. She got the win with the backstabber. But they really should have had her wrestling somebody on main event 
a few times. Get her some reps. Get her ready. She hasn't wrestled a lot. She hadn't won. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All year, get her some reps. This was not good. Anakin JMT says, when Rhea got the crucifix pin on Charlotte, while Charlotte had Sasha in the figure eight, that was protecting someone. Yeah, that was a masterful ending. That was one of the best endings I've seen in a while. <sighs> Bianca Belair, not challenging for the Raw Women's Championship. She is 15, I don't want to say 15 and 0. She's unbeaten in 15 matches on Raw and main event, Denise. I don't even remember 15 matches. I feel like we saw her a few times. I don't, I don't remember where the oh, 15 matches came from. Most of them were on main event, so you probably didn't watch them. But, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. But instead of challenging Asuka, she's challenging some dude bro in the gym. I liked this. I, I'm not going to. I liked this I a did, lot. I did too, Denise, but I don't like it when they're like Billy Kay walking up and challenging Asuka. I'm like, you lost last week. Zelina walking up and challenging Asuka. You've lost every match this year, and they're all to Bianca Belair who's hanging out of the gym flipping tires right now. But this could be a start, though. See, they didn't, they didn't give Billy a special package. Man, they didn't even give the breakup any attention. If you want to give somebody They're... a special package, use bluechew.com code FIFL. <laughs> you know, they didn't even give the breakup special attention, okay? At least with Bianca, we're getting, we're getting a package for her. She, you know, she feels more special. She isn't just, you know, popping in and pop. Well, okay, yeah, she is popping in and popping out of the show. But more, she... Oh, are you, are you going to hit me with a blue chew light? I was waiting for it. I was what? waiting for it. What? You I, had the eyes. I'm, I'm with you, Denise, with, the, with yeah. this could be something special, but this could have been something special a long time ago. They should have never fired Sarah Logan. She should have been in the Viking Raiders stuff. Bianca should have been in the Street Profits stuff. She should have been on TV for the last six months. It's been six months since she debuted after WrestleMania. Uh, five and a half, whatever. Who cares? Five and a half months, they've done nothing with her because WWE's method is, well, if they're not getting a title shot, if they're not going to be the champion, and and we think they could be good, we're just not going to put them on TV. Story of AOP's career was this. Just keeping them off TV. It's well, so annoying. hurting their champion, for example, for Asuka, I mean, how many actual, like, amazing feuds has she had since having her, you know, since winning the bout? I mean, there really hasn't been that many. So, if anything, just having Bianca and her work together, I think would only, be, like, yeah, I get it. Maybe they don't want to have Asuka lose the bout already, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we can't have Bianca going after it and having them two work together until we can finally have that moment with Bianca Belair. So, yeah, I get it. Like, I agree with you in terms of not just because they're not going to win something doesn't mean we can't see them. Colt Badeau says, can Bianca join the Hurt Business? Please and thank you. I actually think that would be very interesting where Bianca is like telling Montez, like, listen, it's just business. I've been trying to get on TV. 
they would clash too much though. I yeah. feel like MVP is more of the, uh, well, obviously I'm in dominant, I'm in charge, I'm the one on the mic. And I feel like that would sort of take away from Bianca's own shine and having her do her own thing because she's really great on the mics and has a lot of personality. So I rather see her do her own thing and not have to be outshine or sharing the microphone with somebody else. I mean, the thing is, like, everybody knows she's married to Montez, and that creates some issues. But also, I could think of far worse things creatively, if they explain it. If they just have her say, Montez, it's just business. Me doing what I've been doing hasn't get, gotten me on TV the last six months. I need to be on there. He can make that happen. And then Bianca slowly takes control of the Hurt Business. And there's a power struggle with MVP and Bianca. Think yeah, good. and then we're going to re-see Lana Rusev and Bobby Lashley. <laughs> but the different version. <laughs> That's why I don't like you're right. be going. You're right. That's too ambitious. <laughs> BNinja210 says Zelina should cosplay Kyrie Sane to trigger Asuka. I think that's a great idea. I think that'd be fun. That would be a cool way of sort of bringing her, bringing, bringing her back with quotation marks in yeah. there. Reminder, guys, donate a super chat. That stuff helps us out a lot. But leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap the bell for notifications. As I mentioned, we have shows every day. Jeremy Lambert and Joe Holbert with The Distraction. Uh, We've got The Listen Ya Boy every Wednesday, our new show. We review uh, NXT, AEW, and SmackDown. And, of course, we'll be here this weekend for uh, the Clash of Champions post-show. Also, UFC pay-per-view this weekend. Undefeated Paulo Costa against Israel Adesanya for the middleweight title. Check out FightfulMMA.com for that. Shaquille Majuri is doing all kinds of good stuff there. Anakin JMT, I don't know if I just read this one, but he says, if Sean keeps doing Bluetooth plugs, I'll have to make a compilation video just of this episode. My God. Denise, what on earth was this 24-7 segment? I liked it. Well, am I going to be am I going to be outrageous if I said that I liked it? I don't like, know I, what it was. I don't know either. I don't know either. I'm not going to say that it made sense, but I like when we're sort of taken out of what we're used to seeing. Maybe it's just the different setting. Maybe it's the fact that they tried to do something different. But those types of things they work on me. All right. I'm not going to say I hated it. I enjoyed it. But I mean. Can, can I tell you what happened? Our troops splashed around in the water. There was a shark. I don't even know what ended up happening with the shark at the end. And that's probably all that I can really recall. But I won't say that I hated it. I won't say that I hated it either because I would have to understand it. I don't know what happened. And like you said, I like the, the, the settings or the, the different settings, so to speak. Like, I, I, Did Tozawa get eaten by a shark? What happened? I don't know. They- they could have done. They could have gone a little funnier, though. It would have been funny if somebody was just wearing like the shark fin or something. I don't know. Yeah. Apollo Cruz defeated Rick, or with Ricochet defeated Cedric Alexander. Uh, they cut promos on each other. They were definitely written for them. I'll say this: Cedric has the best Michinoku driver I've ever seen. I just love that move. It's one of my favorite moves in wrestling. Apollo does like this frog splash cross body that I'm really liking. And he does the Uranagi hold and throws him into a Samoan drop. The part of the match I didn't like was Apollo doing some great flips and dives. Then he has to stand there for like 10 seconds while Cedric runs in the ring, hits the ropes, and runs out and tackles him. And I'm like, what's he doing? Why didn't Ricochet pull him out of the way? It was so, it was, eh. But Cedric got into Ricochet's face and then Apollo cradled him for the win. Yeah, okay. 
I guess. It was, it was fine. Cedric cut a leather good promo. He's been doing pretty well consistently on the yeah. mic, so good for him. He lost um, right after joining the Hurt Business. And then they tell us that Apollo has another match against Lashley Sunday. This will be his 13th consecutive match against the Hurt Business, Denise. 13 in a row. Yeah, I'm excited. I, 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 that's the one thing that I don't like is having to see the same people go at it over and over again. Like, just switch it up for me. I, at this point, I don't care who it is. Uh, Patel Ron 6 uh, with, a, with a great plug. You all might have seen Michael Thompson, NBA veteran, tweeting about AEW, putting over Eddie Kingston and kind of trashing WWE. Jeremy Lambert and Joe Holbert have him scheduled for the distraction this Thursday. You know, as long as everything goes smoothly, he'll be on there. I mean, this is Clay Thompson's dad, guy that averaged 20 points a game one year in the NBA, won a couple of NBA championships with Magic Johnson and the Showtime Lakers. Like, this is awesome. I'm so glad that Jeremy landed this. One of the things I love about Fightful, I mean, we, we live-streamed the fourth quarter of a Raptors game and did an NBA draft podcast one time. So if that's up your alley, make sure you guys check that out. Evan Wright says, Wish the person wearing the fin was Finn Balor. <laughs> Can you well, imagine that? Raw Underground, Dolph Ziggler beats Arturo Ruiz. Uh, Arturo has been working main event of late, but this is back and forth. It's not bad, but... Ziggler taps or didn't tap Ruiz out. I think he put him to sleep. Ruiz did what's called a flying scissor sweep into a knee bar and then bit Ziggler. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. This was the least thing I've hated on Raw Underground. I'm not, I, this was fine. Yeah. What'd you think of Riddick Moss and Eric? It's very clear they didn't have any plans for Eric. Uh, Riddick Moss, they had big plans for, and by, by they, I mean Paul Heyman did. Uh, they they did an homage to Max Holloway. Max Holloway did a thing where in the last few seconds of, their, of his fight, he pointed at the ground and told his opponent, like, let's just slug it out. They did that. Riddick Moss won. The problem for me with this is when the matches, when the fights, they look fake. It just doesn't work for me. And this felt yeah. very, very fake for me. And so it completely took me out of it. I was like, I don't like it. And then I also thought that, unfortunately, I feel like Riddick Moss, is his punches are bad. They're bad. I don't know how else to say it, but it just looks really bad. And so it's not working for me. This one did not work for me at all. I thought it looked very bad. They've gotten a little bit better, but the, one of the fundamentals of striking is you get a lot of power from your feet, your hips, uh, your waist, uh, and all that. He would do a thing where he threw strikes his first week where he would throw his shoulders out in front of him. He would lift his back foot off the ground. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You want to pivot. You want to generate more power. Uh, he didn't do that. To me, Braun Strowman and Dabakato was way faker. Oh, oh this that was, was bad, too. But I, I do have to say, this is what two 350-pound guys would look like fighting. There would be no technique. Braun cracked him and won. Ugh. But one of my other things, too, is like when they do takedowns here on Raw Underground, instead of it having it be something that exhausts you, instead it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, use it as a way to, you know, sort of turn it the other way for the other guy to sort of get, you know, uh, dominance over the other guy. So it's like I feel like it's just not going, no. And then I also feel like the Braun Strowman thing, Braun didn't look that great, and then it also just didn't look, it killed Daba in like two minutes. 
Yep. Uh, this was not great. was not great at all. Man. Colin Bartell says, All we needed to say that our truth segment was Brock Lesnar to F5 the shark like he did in the SummerSlam 02 ad. Have you ever seen that ad? Oh my god, yes. I oh, remember that. I love it. It's amazing. I'm going to rewatch it now because I just had, like, I forgot that it existed and it, like, popped into my brain. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax squashed Lana and Natalia. This is Shayna beating up both, uh, beating up Lana real quick, and then she gets Samoan dropped through a table again. There's a bad camera shake. I'm okay with the squash. I love Ruby and Liv's matching Beetlejuice outfits. They're brilliant. Um... People are upset about Lana. I'm not upset about Lana. She signed a five-year deal worth a lot of money last year. She's going to be okay. Uh, what Let's did you talk. Th- Yeah. I wh- mean, this was really nothing. I mean, to be honest, I can't even tell you like, oh, I really liked this or I hated that. It was just there for me on this one. Yep. Yep. Uh, Colt Bedo says, Miro's tweet just now is a gem. Hashtag hardcore Lana. Well, I've not seen it, so let me pull it up. He just said, hardcore Lana. I'll be, there we go. There we go. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce both won a title shot, but they say they're still friends, even though they can't team together. I was, I said this last week, I was confused. One minute they're friends and then then the next next minute they're not. So we're still back to that. I thought they, I thought they were friends. They were friends and they were sad that they were broken up. Then they weren't friends and then they were friends again. So I've lost track. And so is WWE. It was a it was a knee jerk reaction to just do something. I had people that were at Raw Underground the night that Billy Kay got thrown to the wolves, and they said that it was stress to them. This isn't for any storyline reason; just just doing it, and it really was. They just did it, and then they had a match. They made up. Why split these people and make it to where they can't team together if you're just going to have them hang out with each other all the time? Yeah, and then the, just the fact that they were both in the same segment with Asuka backstage. And then it just, if you're going to separate them, for me, then I think separate them. I don't want to see them in the same program anymore. Yeah. I, well, I, I thought that Peyton Royce did great here. She did a version of the Widow's Peak, she did it without the throat hold. You said you didn't like this. I enjoyed it. I thought they were going like 100 miles an hour. And if you're doing that with Asuka and you keep up, I think that's pretty promising. Zelina caused a DQ, but you didn't like this. No, I just didn't see anything special in it. Like, there was nothing that stood out to me and said, you know what? This is going to work. This is going to be great. <laughs> it was just your basic match. I- I'm just going to go out and say, I think I enjoyed Mickey James Zelina a little bit more. And I know that's very shocking, but I just did. Gorilla Press says, Denise, that Peyton Oscar match was lit. I, you guys, I watched something different, guys. Clearly, I watched something different because I was not as into it as clearly you all were. Yeah, I thought that Peyton looked good. It was very promising, and that's all you can ask for. This was them protecting her, and I'm kind of glad they did because she did not need to lose a match right as she gets her singles push. <sighs> Here we go, Denise. Seth Rollins comes out with documents. Oh, we still have this to talk about. Yeah, he shows pictures from WWE's old dirt sheet website. The Mysterio family comes out and Rollins says he has DNA results of who Dominic's father, or, or of who the father really is. And says Mysterio is not the father. Mysterio's wife and daughter are laughing about this. 
But Ray is like, we've done this before. Please don't do this. And Rollins is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not Dominic. It's Aaliyah. And then he brings up Buddy Murphy and, and how she caressed his arm. Now, I can confirm Buddy Murphy is not the father of 19-year-old Aaliyah. He would have been 12. But it would have been great if Aaliyah was the sister of Larry Steve the Pig. Do you know who Larry Steve the Pig is? Isn't that Alexa's little piggy? Yeah, yeah. Alexa and they, they, I think they adopted it together. And since the split, maybe, maybe some cohabitation there. I don't know. But Mysterio pleads with Rollins and calls Aaliyah naive. And she runs off mad. And she is salty backstage. This is a rehash of a bad angle 15 years ago. And let me reiterate, guys. I was very alive and coherent for this angle. It sucked. The only thing that made it passable was Eddie Guerrero being one of the greatest of all time and being able to take an absolutely stupid storyline and make it entertaining by how bad it was and it being really his last major storyline. That's the only reason it's fondly remembered. And they're running it back. And all due respect to Seth Rollins... I have an immense amount of respect for Seth Rollins and enjoy him. He ain't Eddie Guerrero. Denise, your thoughts? Yeah, it's a totally different perspective, I think, coming into this on this one, especially on the part of Seth Rollins. So when he came out with the, you know, orange envelope and he started talking, I started sensing where it was going. And I was like, nah, they're not going to do this. Are they going to go with this? And then when he started pointing out the height discrepancies, I was like, oh, my God, they are going to go for this. And then they did. And I couldn't believe it. It was it was I didn't necessarily completely and totally hate it just because I laughed because of how, like, funny and outrageous it was. And I I mean, I'm just seeing it more as like, all right. I'm going to try to take it for what it is. I'm going to try to make it into a funny thing. But if it's something that... See, but that's the thing, though, is that I don't think we're supposed to be taking this as a funny thing. We're supposed to be taking it as something serious. But I'm seeing it more as, like, dumb funny. Like, all right, I'm going to take a different perspective and enjoy it a different way. But that's obviously not the point of this storyline. But it just... It's cut... It's just... It's silly. And it's just another ploy at attacking race size, which really doesn't matter. And it's... I'm curious to see, though, what's going to happen with his daughter, with Aaliyah, because it almost seems like they're teasing a romance between her and Murphy. So it seems like they're going that direction. I was like, all right, they're going to do like a Romeo, Juliet thing. We're on opposite ends here. We're going to come together. What's going to go on here? I do like the incorporation of all his family coming in, because I do actually like what they've been doing with all of that. And I like Aaliyah. I think that what she's been doing, like she, yeah, she isn't the world's greatest actress, but she's going out there and she's being pretty natural with her reaction. So I rather rather have her have like a natural reaction than an over exaggerated trying to be trying to be what she's told to be you know prior to going on eloquent brings up a good point he says lol cool telenovela yeah and that's i think what a lot of people think like try to compare it to i had somebody say oh well if you like those you would like this and like no i wouldn't because this is bad it's just bad (laughs) 
Soap operas are bad, yes. right? And telenovelas, it's the same stories all the time. What she all said. All the time, all right? It's the same story. We can predict it all the time. Bad, good girl falls in love with bad guy. They go through all of this drama. Somebody gets pregnant, whatever. Someone sleeps with somebody's wife. Someone loses their job. And in the end, they have a happily ever after, and they get married and have a baby. It's all great. That is a telenovela summary for you. Amazing, you know, Amazing how you pronounce it exactly. Exactly like I did. Uh, Carlos, I know, identical. Carlos said, if a paternity test angle is only like the third or fourth most cringeworthy segment on a given show, you know things aren't going great. Boy, ain't that the truth. Wow. Hunter Dunn, uh, like we have a lot of people that say 19-year-old Aaliyah, 31-year-old Murphy is sketchy. Come on. They're far, I mean... Consenting adults, I don't really care what they do. I don't care what consenting legal adults do. I think people are reaching with that one. Yeah. Uh, August 3 says, couldn't get into Raw the rest of the night with that Rollins promo. It's disgusting and a back, it's backwards uh, step in WWE's low bar storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, Anakin JMT says, at least no one will shout, where the F is Vicky this time? That was one of the highlights of that storyline. Do you remember that? Oh, I do. I do. And as, as fun as, or as funny as uh, that was, I, you know, I agree with that, that notion that it's a step back and it's just WDB's lazy storytelling. It is quite frankly, a re- literally a recycled storyline. Oh, man. Throwback 27 says, WDB, the land of 50-50 and Mari TV lines with the results are in, you are not the father. Why well, go back to this? WTF. Why? That, that's but a guy. Is, that's a guy who clearly remembers what the storyline was back in the day. But why are we so surprised, Sean? We spent like almost my right. first year on Fightful talking about Bobby Lashley and Lana's relationship. Yep. I mean, why are we? I mean, I'm not surprised though. If anything, it's not any. It's not anything worse than what we were seeing before in terms of like these like sketchy, weird storylines. So I just like I'm taking it for what it is. I'm not gonna take it seriously. I'm gonna laugh about it and move on. Yeah. Oh man. Anakin JMT says Denise Joel McHale used to make fun of telenovelas on telenovelas. The, there you go on the soup all the time. <laughs> they were some of the funniest bits. No, you got to see your face when you try to say it, though. It's, it's epic. <laughs> do it one more time. It's so funny. Telenovelas. You do the eyes. Like, you do the sultry. Like, I'm the, I'm the evil mistress I'm of the telenovela. Do- <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, get your super chats in. We have reached the last segment, the main event segment. There is nothing about this actual match worth me talking about. Besides Lashley's Spinebuster, which is reaching greatest of all time territory. To me, there's Arn Anderson, there's Farouk, and there's Bobby Lashley. Best Spinebusters I've ever seen. The finish of this match was so stupid. An illegal man DQ. Oh, hey, guess what, Denise? We got a DQ in Asuka versus Peyton Royce. We got a DQ... Earlier in the night with Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre. We got a walkout win. Nothing. It's just, oh, God. We should but, end this podcast on a DQ and let people figure out what the ending of this podcast is. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and mention this. 
Drew McIntyre comes out. The Raw roster comes out. I will say that I like that. It makes sense, Denise, that the Raw roster comes out. But Drew it looks got- cool. When they were all coming running out, like, head first, I was like, all right, let's go full forward with this full blast with this uh, brawl. That should be in the intro. It looked great. It was an awesome shot. Drew got hit with an RKO and Randy Orton standing around. So now we're going to talk about what everybody wants us to talk about, not Wait, the match. hold on, though. Did you, did you see the glitch, though, when Randy Orton hit uh, the RKO on uh, Drew McIntyre? with I think it was Andrade. He was, like, going down the – so it looks, like, really weird. There's, like, a replay of this, and it kind of looks like he was, like, glitching, but I think he was actually going down. Like, he was coming mm-hmm. down from the ring, but on the camera, it looked like he was, like – it was like a weird, like, it looked that. like a glitch. Yeah, it's like on Twitter. It was so trippy. It tripped me out, like, completely. I didn't see that at all. I'll have to check that out. But uh, Evan writes in the Super Chat and says, Will Hobbs, Spinebuster, better than Bobby Lashley's. Will Hobbs has a good one, but, man, Bobby Lashley, he's, he's getting some people up there. So, all that happened. I don't know what the angle is here. We're going to talk about what everybody wants us to talk about now. The names. The freaking names. My God, this was so bad. They named these three people Mace, Slapjack, and T-Bar. I don't hate them that bad. Am I allowed to say that? No. (laughs) These were some of the dumbest names. Like, we knew. uh, Donnie K says, everybody joked about changing Dijak's name on the main roster. Obviously, they weren't going to do Dominic, but who'd have guessed T-Bar? Dijak, in all capital letters, is way better. But, Denise, that's the thing. We know who they are. Everybody there kind of knows who they are. Why are they changing? I know that the idea was that they're a gang and they got to sound like gang members, but T-Bar? I don't know what gang member names should be, but I've never heard, like, T-Bar. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. I'm not going to lie. It's not, like, the best thing ever out there, honestly. I feel like you could have come up with some cool... I mean, there are some cool names, man. Steel went from, like, a movie sh- um, a movie or, like, a TV show. Steal one of those names and, you know, incorporate it or mix a few of them up. I mean, I think you could have gone very creatively with this route. I mean, it seems like they named them after weapons. I hope they named somebody Bear Spray or something. <sighs> so, would you not be the Dong Lord if you were in Retribution? What would your Retribution name I be? I'd be the Dong Lord for sure. I'd be King <laughs> Senpai Dong Lord. Get your shirts at shop.fightful.com. They're beautiful. We have hoodies. We have long sleeve shirts. We have sweatshirts. Get your Dong Lord gear. Colt Bedo says, what are they going to call Mia Yemen Martinez? Street Shark and T-Rex? So random and weird. Evan Wright says, one of them needs to be named Meat for the segues. They already had a guy named Meat 21 years ago. That was Sean Stasiak's name in WWE. They named him Meat, and he was a part of PMS with Terry Runnels and Jacqueline. Gorilla Press says, here's showing support. What did they do to Jack's hair? They made him look like Dollar Store Bane. They DIY'd the Mad Max cast. (laughs) 
you know, it's 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 crazy though. Honestly, it it seems. I wonder how far back the idea for this for the look actually came. Like, was this planned like way in advance, or did it just come out of nowhere? Because to go from the black hoodies to that, it's kind of a drastic change. It's kind of like, okay, we're done with the black hoodies. Let's get some new props. It doesn't really feel like there's a connection there between that those two different looks. Shady Highly T301 says Dio Madden looks cool. Aff Retribution looks though. I, I didn't. That message got cut off. But yeah, I think Dio looks really cool. I think he looks great. I'm glad he's getting his opportunity after commentary didn't work out. Dante V says Slapjack T Bar and Mace. No, that's Chili T Boz and Left Eye. You scrubs. I wish this were TLC. I wish. Yes, I know who TLC is, in case you were planning on Good. asking. Good. I was so other, worried. Otherwise, we'd, we'd have to fight. Ian95 says, I hope they name somebody Shank. Well, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, Benoit Parisi says, might as well call Dijak Flapjakovic. <laughs> Keep up the amazing work, Fightful Rules. You know, I, I was like, man, they can't possibly name him anything worse than Dominic Dijakovic. I mean, the guy's name is, is Dijak. I mean, that's a pretty cool name. And they added, like, a bunch of syllables. And they managed to find a name worse than Dijakovic. T-Bar. T-Bar. Hey, I mean, might as well go with it, right? Mm. T-Bar. Would you feel tough being named T-Bar? Would you feel like you can come out and kill anybody who gets in your face? No. Named as T-Bar? Because <laughs> that's not going to help them. I feel like having a name that's cool, you can at least get into it and be like, you know what? I'm, I don't know. I can't think of a cool name. I'm Bazooka or something, and I'm going to come out and I'm going to cut this guy. Yeah, Whatever. If you want to come with your Bazooka, use BlueChew.com code Fightful. Queen Hannah says that Lance, oh, Lance Storm said if he would have known breaking stuff would get him a contract and not fired, he would have just done that instead. Man. And Queen Hannah said, Slapjack. Imagine that convo where they changed it. I mean, I did an interview with Stevie Ray where he talked about being given an actual Slapjack as a gimmick. And he said Doug Dillinger just walked up to him and said, here you go. And then he was like, I did not ask for this. What is this? So, I mean, I'd imagine it went something like that. I imagine Slapjack looked at his new name and he said, I did not ask for this. What is this? And that's Honestly, that could be very heartbreaking. I would cry. I would honestly cry. Like, if I were somebody and, like, I got given a name that I didn't like, I would cry. Guys, you still have some time to get your super chats in. Evan Wright does just that. He says, we don't just set the bar. We are T-Bar. Ha, <laughs> uh, Throwback27 says, what would your retribution names be? Mine would be Oil Change. SMH, can't believe they destroyed Dijak's look. Denise, did you watch Walk the Line yet? This makes me question SmackDown. Walk the Line is the Johnny Cash movie. Yeah, I did not watch it. And my name, I already posted this on Twitter. My retribution name would be Cream Cheese. It's a great name, Sean. I just want to say the it's dong, better than Dong Lord. The Dong Lord and Cream Cheese is for sure a tag team name. For sure. <laughs> or like a really weird fetish that people might be into. Oh, yeah. The Creamer is our double team finish for sure. For sure. 
NYPAT5531 says, these are gang names thought up by an 80-year-old man. They sure are. They sound like names of villains that you'd beat up on Streets of Rage 2 on the Sega Genesis in 1993. Like thugs with like mohawks, like those stupid mohawks. You know how like in 90s movies they just have the most cliche things. Well, the only gang names I know, and I mentioned this off air, is because my uncle used to be like a big Grand Theft Auto gamer, and I would watch him play the games all the time. So I would see like all of the names that they would give those guys. And I mean, they sounded pretty good from what I remember, well, they, but, but yeah. They can't use 8-Ball from the old 8-Ball paint shop because they already had one in DOA 22 years ago. Throwback27 says, Sean has every Mace song stuck in my head. From feels so good to welcome back. I guess WDB is stuck in the 90s with their character names. I was a Mace fan. I really enjoyed him. The Jam one, Ryan B. Jam says they said they just got WWE contracts. So then do NXT contracts not count? That's what's, that's the problem to me, Denise. This is a direct insult to our intelligence that either we aren't supposed to know who they are, but then they mentioned about the performance center and that commentary doesn't know who they are or doesn't say their names. This is insulting to our intelligence when they are on a show that is also on cable TV, Denise. Exactly. That's exactly why I said there needs to be a why. There needs to be a reason. Give me a reason. At least explain it to me. You know, but yeah, I, I like I don't know. Should I go in and pretend that I don't know who these people are and I've never seen them before and I just know them as Slapjack and T Bar and Mace? <laughs> Woof. Uh Anakin says, Cream cheese, why? Because I love bagels. Bagels are life. And oh. so I want to be cream cheese. Okay. B Ninja 210 says, the only plus for me on Raw is seeing Mia and Mercedes on my TV. Seeing them in the Indies and coming to Texas to seeing them on Raw uh, proves uh, the hard work is worth it. Yeah, especially, like, I've really enjoyed Mercedes' work for a long time. Uh, Injection 2K says, so they're not unmasking Retribution because of the names. That's the thing. If they unmask these people and they're like, oh, wait, that's Dijak, I'll be like, Come on. No. I don't even know if I would be able to play along and pretend. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Ultra Real says, what kind of tag team wrestling maneuver would the creamer be? Let me think about that. Mm. I don't know. Like, oh, what's <laughs> like, I don't, you have something, don't you? It'd be... Okay, it'd have to be a wheelbarrow. I'd have to wheelbarrow somebody as the Dong Lord. You know what that is, right, Denise? Okay. And you would probably, while I have them wheelbarrowed up, you'd hit them with the X Factor because of your connection to. There you go. There you go. Oh, man. There you go. Oh, man. I'm never going to get that vision out of my head now. (laughs) You're welcome, everybody. Leave a thumbs up. Leonza Duncan says, Denise, it's pretty obvious Drew and Orton have bad blood, and I don't know if they can solve them. We all know Band-Aids don't fix bullet holes. I gotta be honest, when I first read that, I thought it said Band-Aids don't fix buttholes, which uh, they don't. Anything they, might just say, they might just say sorry just for show. I am not going to understand that reference whatsoever. I tried working it in. I don't know. I, I get it. Leonza brought up the... the the Taylor Swift thing. 
Eloquent says AEW's gone over a full year without a single DQ. They did have one. They had one in an Iron Man match, but it, it was good. It made a lot of sense. Angel Perez says no DQ should be a WWE pay-per-view name. I wish. Guys, I know this show was much longer than usual, but you all showed up in droves to support it. Thank you guys so much. Um, I managed to not curse, and that was not very easy. Um, Are you allowed to curse in Spanish, though? Is there a loophole? You can curse all you want. I'm allowed to curse tonight, but I think I'm going to make it out of here without doing it. So, Denise, tell the people where they can find you, what you've been up to. Follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. I'm going to be making some fun announcements on there this week, hopefully. So check it out. And then YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I just posted a review of Amazon's Utopia on there. So if you're into like TV, pop culture, any of that type of stuff, feel free to follow me or subscribe to my channel, YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Uh, Rob says that I missed his super chat. I'm going to track it down. Uh, guys, we have a lot of stuff dropping this week. We have a Tennille Dashwood interview on Wednesday. We got Michael Thompson interview. Uh, we got just a ton of stuff dropping on the website. And then a busy weekend this weekend. We've got Fightful Gaming underway. Just uh, a ton of stuff. I asked Rob Wilkins what the super chat was. He said that I missed his super hat. Uh, well, I would like to know what kind of hat you were wearing that was so super, Rob. And I'm sitting here waiting on you to tell me what that super chat was or what that super hat was. Who are you, Queen Hannah, wearing all these? Man, somebody says I missed a bunch of super chats. I did not miss a bunch of super chats. I took all of them down. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to scroll up. I'm going to scroll. your feet exploited today. I'm not. I did not miss a bunch. <laughs> if I missed, I may have missed one, and that was Rob's. Uh, I'm oh, looking, no. I'm sitting here killing some air right now. So, Denise, tell me your least favorite thing about Raw tonight. My least favorite thing about Raw tonight, I think, was all the... Oh, my least favorite? Yeah, least. Why am I thinking? Okay. My least favorite was probably all the Raw Underground stuff. Evan Wright did say they had so much potential to make Daba Kato the new Matanza from Lucha Underground and Silent Killer. Would have loved to have seen him beat Strowman to establish himself. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I did miss a bunch of super chats. Sue Thanks, me! Sean. Sue me, okay? They should busy... sue you. Let's start a petition. Sean didn't read my super chat. That is mean, Sean. Jason Smith says retribution equals 90s American gladiator names. No way! Laser and turbo and all that. Man, come on. What? I'm gonna have to have somebody keep these these going on. Keep these going. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, Rob Wilkins says excited to see Nesquik and Lawn Dart. <laughs> oh my God, Nesquik! Yes, do it. <laughs> Apologies for <laughs> the super chats that I missed and me rudely um, <laughs> saying that I didn't miss them. Uh, wow. And basically, all I have to say is fuck this show.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.